talking away I don't know what I'm just saying I'll say it anyway Today's another day to find you shying away I'll be coming for your love okay Take on me Take on me and welcome to Philorian United. I am Catherine, uh, your resident Philorian fan expert. Finlorian expert. Finlorian. I'm a Finlorian expert. We're going to start that again, okay? No, I'm just <laughs> thinking about Finn in the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Which I have Finn never and seen. Finn and Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is Finn's baby now. Okay. I know nothing about Baby Yoda. I'm not, I'm not re-recording this. Um, present yourself, please. I'm Jasper, your marina. I have a doctorate in marina studies, and I'm getting my doctorate in uh, Julia philosophy. Mm-hmm. How is it going? Uh, my dissertation is not coming too well, mostly no, no. because I don't, don't know what a dissertation is. <laughs> So, you have a doctorate already. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I lied my way through university to well, get that. Marina, so. It was not an accredited university. I think it was just a guy in a warehouse. Ah, uh, yeah. We all been there. <laughs> um. So, right now, the, the Jasper and I are goofing around because we're so <laughs> nervous. You have no idea. We are procrastinating. Um, what what's happening is we've been terrified of recording for eleven to four thirteen because they're the most divisive episode in the fandom, and I am of the um, well. I think uh, Jasper too. You ta- kind of taught me that of like enjoy what you enjoy. I understand why you're hurt, but I'm gonna still enjoy it. Yes, and I want to acknowledge during our conversation uh, all the hurt that happened. What I want us to try not to do is just bash on the authors. No, I don't want. I don't want to hurt anyone here. I don't want to hurt the the viewers or the writers or the actors. Exactly. I think there were some mistakes made. Uh, we're gonna point them out. And we I'm all make mistakes. Talk. Yeah, I I'm, I want to try to be a bit more academic towards it because. I mean, we have we we all have our feelings. I'm pretty against what happened. I think you too. Um, we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff, but um, so we decided instead of being three hours of painful talk, <laughs> we're gonna do one hour of that kind of talk. So we're uh, kind of removing the frame of the episode podcast that we have usually, and we're just gonna talk about the three episode and a bit what happened and. Our feelings about it. Um, no, no that... Lecta Divina, no 30 second recap, no, no 
flowers or vases. Um, yeah, exactly. And the, what's important here is if you have hurt, if we say something that hurts your feeling, I am totally open to talk about it in a civilized way. Uh, and I'm all about uh, discussion in this fandom. I think I have amazing discussion with people I don't agree with. Oh, what yeah. I don't, uh, what I don't uh, want to happen, and that's why Chase is not there, because Chase is terrified of it happening, is getting hate. Yeah. And I, I acknowledge Chase's fear by saying, like, you don't have to come. Just because I, I am often phrase things in a way that's not neurotypical mm -hmm. and I don't always understand where there's there's a line or if I'm saying something that could hurt somebody so constructive criticism is always welcome but if you come at me just aggressively and angry and wanting to hurt me because you're hurt i will cry <laughs> and, and i'll um, ugly cry and no one wants yeah, that no. and also uh we have a small listenership so i think the people that listen to us and that will listen to this episode i think are prepared for that kind of discussion i even uh, wrote about it on on twitter today saying like hey we're gonna record it and here's our process and people like said yeah go for it so uh, we're welcoming you in the discussion. And if you, we said something that sparked you to talk to us, add us on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook. I'm never on, on Facebook. <laughs> on Twitter, I meant. Because uh, I, I think it's important to have this discussion in the fandom. I just think that it can turn ugly. And I'm trying here to come. I even like went to my uh, journalism reading and how to tackle some subjects or like difficult subjects with readership and how to handle it's like in a professional way because i was that scared <laughs> i called my therapist this morning <laughs> uh, John! That i uh, i sat yesterday to to watch the episode and i started to panic and i, I text jasper like nah we're not doing three episodes like that nah 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 Yep, but I'm like, thank God, because um, <laughs> I, I had this opening planned for the, the final episode where we just sat in silence for a solid 30 seconds and we're like, well, it sure did air on television. <laughs> I think uh, 413 is the episode, 411, 412, and 413 are the episodes I, I, I watched the last. I've watched yeah. them twice. Uh, my favorite part of this podcast, by the way, this episode, is that neither of us watched the episodes. To be fair, I have a good like memory, and I I read recaps, and I'm gonna recap the episode. But yes. we like I think that it's important to acknowledge that it was hard mentally for us. And what is this podcast? And what is this medium that is a magician, if not something to be open about our mental health? And I've talked about this before. I know it was hard for me in a different way than yeah. because the, the the final episode I got screamed at on Tumblr because I watched the final episode late and I said, "Ha ha ha! I feel nothing watching this." Well, I think uh, there's a lot of people on Tumblr that I blocked, eh? and also maybe uh, as for you, maybe it was not the right place to say it. 
probably not but i had i had just come back from my mother's uh funeral yeah, it, no, like... it's it's totally fine and like i said like especially at that i'm kind of going to what we went through when we met which is my mother has cancer right now and she's dying and there are moments I just text you saying like I don't know what to do or what I'm acting, and you're and you told me you're gonna act crazy and do stupid shit. Yeah, and if anyone tries to tell you how you're supposed to feel, fuck that guy. And I wanna acknowledge that as Quentin because I got lucky that at the end of uh, or thirteen, the day after, the morning after, I had therapy, and my my um, my therapist watched The Magician. So my I therapist cried. is currently watching it. Yeah, basically I made her watch the magician. Me too. Um, but uh, she, um, I'm like basically I processed my grief of Quentin through it, and she acknowledged that even if Quentin is, um, is, is uh, a char- a fictional character, is more than that, and uh, that it's okay. And I, I kind of this, and it made me in peace with my grief that I'm, I'm grieving him. I'm mad. There's a lot of things that I'm mad, but I'm gonna. I'm not. I don't know what to explain it. The hurt I felt, I dealt with it with a therapist, which I am really privileged, and I think a lot of people in the fandom don't have this position. Uh, if you wonder why I'm so like cerebral about it, that's because I went to my therapist the day after. <laughs> Kath is from Canada, where they have um, real health care. No, there, there, no mental health is terrible. Oh. I had to go private and pay a shit ton of money because oh, I'm still on the waiting list of 2009 for mental health. Oh, I don't pay my therapist. I don't know who does. I think the state does. Because <laughs> uh, when you get shot, you can get those apparently. Oh, now um, they care. But interesting fact: this is unrelated to the podcast. I just wanted to, to tell yeah, you I this. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of Pazuzu Alligard? The He was a killer. He was like a serial killer. He went to the same treatment center I used to go to. Oh, nice. Where they gave me the Zoloft that made me a sociopath. Fun, 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 fun. So if we're wondering how the mental health is in my area, we are number one for suicide in the state. So we're number well, one. Uh, sadly, like, I had to say to Seth I'm thinking of killing myself more and more and we couldn't afford a therapist because it was like $150 per week and so we went to the to the hospital and it took like a, a how you call that the the students that are resident it took a resident to listen to me and say I want to help I don't know how let me find and they find a resource and now my therapy costs $45 but I like I needed to say I want to kill myself so if you go to a hospital and say, I want to kill myself, maybe you'll but, find an affordable therapist. But it's kind of like, it's like a silver lining-ish. Or get shot. No, well, get shot. But uh, several, uh, a silver lining-ish thing uh, in Quebec is a lot of, there's a lot of talk about mental health now because people realize that holy shit. <laughs> and a lot of people with mental health problem were like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we told you guys this was real, and you're like, no, it's not. It's well, all in your it's head. Not. Well, now it's uh, it's it's uh, it's like a national, and they're trying to put more money and stuff. So, hopefully, it's gonna come. But who knows? Hopefully. Um. So I'm just gonna start to say what kind of happened. I have like bonus. I, uh, like. 
basically uh, walk through. I also uh, got quotes from uh, articles that I read about the uh, basically re reviewers' reaction to the show, what they thought and their feelings, but also like kind of like cut dry of just what happened. Uh, so I'm gonna go through and we're gonna chime in. Uh, let's start with Margot that probably recount her journey like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ba uh, the binder arrived with uh, Mar Margot Sharkwick, sorry. <clears throat> And then uh, me, uh, um, uh, Heyman ship uh, Wicody. He's a, basically there was a page missing, and because of that, we discovered that it's Heyman that was trying to push Penny and Julia together. I have here? a question about Hyman, real yep. quick. How okay. is it that Hyman? Hyman has watched everything that's gone on. Hyman has creeped in all of the bedrooms and everything. And he still thinks Quentin's straight? He's from the 20s. Okay, he saw that three-way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I like in one of the articles I read, it says, um, my list varies on the chemistry between Julia and Penny, but the insight that consummate shippers Iman Cooper provided when he told Penny, you both sacrifice your own joy to help others was spot on. You know, I shipped Penny like two years before this happened. But the thing is, I shipped them. I just don't. I just don't like how Penny pushed himself into Julia. I I could I like yes. I also understand like Penny was in grief and mourning, and everything he ever wanted has just come back to mm -hmm. him mm -hmm. I put Bailey's in my hot chocolate and whoo, I put too much okay continue I, I like how you have Bailey's for this I made up cocoa because they're hot cocoa in, in, in the underworld oh yeah I, I have a watermelon red bull because um YOLO I You are really heavy on my lap, by the way. It's not me. They're talking about their cat. Cat is not really heavy on my lap. The cat is. Not the cat. It's not the cat cat, the cat cat. Katie cat. Um, then uh, Finn discovered that magic is flowing under the castle, and they play Skip, bear, skip the Bear with uh, Josh to open a secret door. Uh, with, honestly, I love Philorian lore, so when there was a bit more of it, I was like, hee! Um, then we go to the past, where uh, they basically need to go to the past to talk to my Asgothi, because right now, uh, my he was turned into a bear, and now I have dementia. Which happens. Uh, you know? Uh, so they, uh, they go back to the, to the past to get the incorporeal bound spell that uh, Mayakovsky wrote to then entrap himself because Dean Pop is an asshole. Um, past Alice confronts what happened between her and Quentin. Which that is a, a, a thing that I liked, honestly. Like, I don't care about that you come in the past. Is like, uh, what I care is this, like, what broke us? 
and that we remember like wow Alice was so different like she was so vulnerable she has undergone so many changes throughout the series yeah um and then uh present Alice is kissing Q which yikes though uh, uh Quentin uh, li- 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 lying down on rope saying have sex I mean Sure. Exactly. <laughs> um, another quote that I'm gonna get is uh, Alice's recognition that his gift helped the broken mug, mug uh, wake up and remember what it was be- before is a po- poignant metaphor of the healing that hopefully would take place for the central couple. Does heart count as small object? Which made me laugh. But I like. Uh, how to explain? I think the idea was eloquent. I don't think Alice and Quentin should have been together. No. I I think it was a cheap shot for them to make Alice care that Quentin died. Which is ridiculous because Al, you can care about someone dying without dating, lo- them. Like dating them. You can love someone without putting your mouth on them. So, yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about that later. Uh, Katie and Zelda are visiting the poison room and to peek at Everett's book, and we're gonna talk about that later. And uh, we find out that Everett uh, Everett, uh, uh, wants to become a god, that's the only thing that we learn. And I like this uh, ending of the article I read was a bonus point to Rick Worthy for his perfect deadpan answering of Katie's banana phone call. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, this episode, I understand that uh, the writer wanted like a trip to the past and remember what Qualys was about. The problem is um, how to explain that. When you read the book, you understand that Qualys was special. That it was the, the first love of Quentin. It was the first love of Alice. That them being vulnerable to one another meant something. It's not something that we see in this um, show. I wrote a thing about this. I'll find it. You can keep talking. I just I. No, I'm, I'm just I. I wanted to like I, I wanted to like the episode because the idea is cool, but I like Bear Skip. I like Bear Skip. I like that we uh, we learn uh, Quentin's um, discipline and is as disappointed as it was in the book. Um, I just don't like that they use his discipline as, oh, maybe I can fix my relationship with Alice. Because I think... Um, That's going to take a lot more than minor mending. Yeah, exactly. And also, uh, there's a lot of trauma and trust issues that need to be repaired. Um, yeah. Part of my thing is like, what I'm trying to find is I have this this whole thing written up about how I kind of understand why I don't like why Alice would want to go back to Quentin in a way. Well, the theme of this episode, like the the theme we were supposed to analyze, this was sanctuary. And my point was, um, 
when you are scared, when you're anxious, when you don't treat your trauma properly, you do the same mistake. You go back to your old habits. And Quentin is safe. Yes. And I think Quentin reminded her of a time when she, before the trauma, before things had happened to her and she had done things that she regretted. And I think Quentin wanted to have this moment of, when I dated Alice, I didn't hurt that much. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Fine. Uh, so, I just found a post I wrote that was, uh, we all know what we really want from the magicians. A spinoff in the form of a wacky sitcom where Marina and Penny are unlikely roommates. <clears throat> So follow my Tumblr for more of that. Okay. Did you see that I made a set of uh, uh, Alice in Legally Blonde AU? I love it. <laughs> okay, I found it. Uh, Quentin was that's what I want to find. Quentin was her constant. Uh, Alice had lost everything and Quentin was there. The second time she lost her brother, Quentin was there. She lost her dad, Quentin was there. When she died, Quentin was there. When she was a Nippin, Quentin was there. No matter what happened in Alice's life, Quentin was there. Quentin was her constant. He was stable. He was familiar and with everything in her life, constantly changing and going through trauma after trauma after trauma. She wanted to reach out to something and it's not necessarily about love it's having something real and something she can touch and know a comfort yeah a comfort in a world that took away all of her comfort yeah beautifully said uh let's go to 412 where uh fan shows the the secret uh tank the secret sea to the proof uh, while holding Josh as a fish um, and I, I wrote uh, Josh is a fish and Mar- Margot learned to care t- care from him and confront him to her feelings fish and are someone, really hard to take care of too and someone wrote uh, something that I really really liked uh, in the review so I'm gonna read it it's kind of long I'm sorry about that I just it, went on a rant about Qualys so it's hard to decide what what to make of Margot's role in all of this. On one end, it was nice to see her admitting to having deeper feeling for Josh than she admitted at the, at first. And the innovative uh, the innovative and the un- innovative use of her fairy eyes to keep the fish alive without her having to be within sight of the ball was a nice trick. On the other end, Margot is Quote, the bitch with the axe. And she had to relinquish that honor first to Penny and then to Quentin and Alice, who didn't seem right. So while Margot's mini story in this episode was fun, stay, staying behind Josh and kind of a step down for a character who has been tackling uh, that real life head on lately. I, I think it's an everything I felt about it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, everyone was like, what the shit, <laughs> when it happened. In a way, though, it's also nice to see Margot not have to take on so much. 
Yes, but she went through so much to get those ashes. She did, and she deserved so much better than she got. She was kind of... The last couple episodes felt really reduced to romantic storylines. I have a quote about that. It's, uh, yeah, I agree with that. It it, went to hell, basically. We don't even... What even is the monster doing? We abandoned the monster for these romantic storylines. I'm way more into the monster. Um, then we, Katie and Zelma, uh, Zelma. Zelma, yes, Zelma. Yeah, Katie and Zelda uh, meet Plover, who don't get why he didn't die. The moron. And Zelda confirmed everything dreams. Back on Earth, uh, Plover destroyed Quentin's childhood. <laughs> Again? Again. And uh, then because uh, they were too long in the in the poison room, they were about to die, and uh, Katie learned that there was a cure for Penny Forty. Go ahead, go into your rant. This whole t- uh, this is why I can never forgive Zelda as a character. I can never fully forgive her or like her as a character because she watched Penny deteriorate. She was there for him, though. She was there for him, but could have saved him. At any time, at any time, she could have saved Penny's life, and she chose not to. I'm I'm playing devil advocate, so I agree with you that um, this is part of Zelda's blindness to the library that we see like she went that far trusting the library. I'm gonna play devil's advocate, saying, Aedes came to Penny, saying, "I need you in the underworld." Maybe did that to Zelda. Here's what really pissed me off, though. Katie. I know Katie. Katie is my cat. What? (laughs) (laughs) Katie's one of my favorite characters in the show. And one thing Katie likes to do is punch. She's very good at it. Very, very sexy. She should have decked Zelda in that moment when she found out Zelda could have saved Penny. Yeah. I think she was too too stunned. I can I can see that. I just it I feel like Kate, they never let Katie really acknowledge that. And well, Katie can hold going- a grudge. Well, I think they acknowledge it more like her struggle through it in season five. But yeah, I, I feel like she was never really. Yeah. Brought up again. again. And that's something Katie should have carried over with her. When, when Zelda, anytime Zelda asked her to do anything, well, you let my boyfriend die. Friendly reminder. You straight up murdered my boyfriend, as far as I'm concerned. And she must be feeling extra guilty, Katie, because Penny went into adding the library and everything for her. Katie. So I think in in that oh that very oh my god I just exploded just as I'm just thinking about the guilt that Katie's carrying because Katie got a cure. Katie was able to go into the poison room. 
and get a cure and live. And Penny went into the poison room for her and died horribly. We can, we can kind of, uh, let's try to like, and like, uh, go deeper in that and we can look into uh, Katie later in the season 5 and we having survival skills Katie has a, has always had survival survivor skills yeah but I think it's uh, like we have to think that right now she's also trying to stay sober uh, which <sighs> uh, yeah I'm going to get like personal for for a minute uh, as we tend to do on this we never get personal on this podcast never never you tell me no it's fine uh we're just talking about like survival survivor's guilt with katie at first my immediate thought was well fuck how do you stay sober through that and then i'm thinking about earlier this year uh my baby sister died of a heroin overdose after being sober for like three years and I stayed sober through that. Mm-hmm. So I can, there's a sense I can understand, like, I think it drives Katie's sobriety that she's mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. I think that's part of why she is able to stay sober is because she is alive. Yeah. And there's- I'm not going to throw it away because so many other people have died for s- more things than yeah, and like Julia literally gave her another chance in life in season three. She was supposed to be dead of an overdose. Yeah. And I think that's a way for her to say, like, I'm not gonna be Hamilton and throw away my shot. She's gonna Alexander Hamilton this shit. Exactly. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but also, there, um, it's funny because when I learned about my mom's cancer, I went through all the fa- phase of grief, pain. And one thing that I'm still um, deeply, deeply battling right now is my mom has cancer. And my mom is this generous, quiet, kind woman. And Trump is alive and doesn't have cancer. Oh, I get that so and I had this like sense of injustice that I told my therapist and my therapist said, sadly, there's nothing you can do about it. Yes, it sucks. I will say, do not look at your meth addicted cousin and scream, why are you alive and she's dead? That will cause problems in the family <laughs> and people will get mad at you and say you're ruining thanksgiving <laughs> well they can go fuck themselves go do some more meth um but yeah i, th- I just think that uh I-, I like this idea of kd's drive going through like instead of of falling into her guilt which that's what we're gonna see um um henry do with the archie in season five her guilt drives her. Yeah. It's and I this is part of the reason I, I love and, and relate to Katie a lot. Is mm. Katie because we're talking about the, the stages of grief earlier and the one I keep going back to which you mentioned with the why is Trump alive, I keep going back to anger. Because anger to me is a very loyal emotion. 
it's comfortable. One I know very well, yeah. even when I didn't, when I was coming out of like the, the cult mindset, I had two emotions, which were crying and anger. Yep. So that's when I fall comfortably in. And Katie uses her anger as a fuel to move forward. She uses yeah. it because it's considered a negative emotion a lot of the time. And she mm-hmm. uses it as a, in a positive that's, I think that's what's so different between her and Marina has to pitch bitch is Marina used her power and her influence and her anger to hurt people with her influence and Katie want to help people with it. I feel like uh, Katie is driven by anger. Marina is driven by fear. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marina is worried about having all of this taken away from her at any moment. Because of what happened Katie to Katie had nothing for so long. Katie has nothing to lose. Marina has everything to lose. Which we see in season five when she gives up her everything. Yeah. Um, are you okay to move on or you want to... Yes. I mean, I can okay. talk about this all day. But I, I, <laughs> I'm about to tweet Jade Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um... So Quentin uh, yelled about his feeling to a plant so he can uh, uh, have the petals of the plant, the flower that break the curse that turn uh, Josh into a fish. I'm going to read you another long quote, so I'm sorry about that. I'm Go sorry for it. this beautiful. I'm not, not sorry. <laughs> I just want to put out, I'm not sorry. <laughs> not only was Quentin's heartbreaking admission that the storybook uh, world was a life-saving escape for the people like him as beautiful as it was painful but his ability to make the flower bloom marks a yet another memorable moment from the Lev Grossman novel. The emotion of the moment continue for Quentin as he finally able to admit that he doesn't want to give up on Alice perhaps because of his understanding that like with Fillory just because some, something or someone you love reveals their flaw doesn't mean you stop caring for them. And it just reminded me of him saying that to Julia, season one or two. That because uh, someone you love fucked up that you stop loving them. Um, I don't totally agree with what they had, but I like this idea that maybe that's part of why like, he went towards her. He's, he's like, Fillory was my, my everything, was my sanctuary, was comfortable. And I'm allowed to still love it despite its flaw. You know, it's like Harry Potter. Oh my god, yes. J.K. Rowling. That was supposed to be my... That was supposed to be my sanctuary story of the day. I knew uh, it. For me, Harry Potter is my sanctuary. Like, when I never didn't feel good i read the harry potter books first thing i did when i learned my mom was uh was six was to grab the third harry potter book first thing i did when i i was in quarantine was to, to re- reread harry potter i don't know if we had it on the, the last podcast uh but for a long time my my ringtone in college was lauren's song and then i died from the moaning myrtles exactly uh, i'm still <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's amazing. Uh, still, like, every now and then I'm like, I talked to Lauren. 
But um, what I it's just what what I liked about the Harry Potter fandom is we refuse. You will not take Harry Potter and Hogwarts away from us. And a lot of people are making safe space for people, despite hating controlling. Um, for us, by example, we say, hey, we still love Harry Potter. Don't buy new things. Give us uh, second-hand things. Do not give her more money. Write fan fiction. Read. I got so many orders of handmade stuff that I make with Harry Potter books. Because and people said like I wanted to encourage like a local artist in, instead of her. And, uh, the fandom of Harry Potter managed to keep the world they felt safe and make it safe for people that the author refused. Meanwhile, people don't know about Clover. For Quentin might be the only uh, feel, like Philorian fan that knows this deep truth, and I think that's what is hard for Quentin because. When we're together against the author or like saying, no, we're refusing and we're going to do this, this like battle against the author together. There's this fa- fandom uni- unity, unity that Quentin is kind of left alone because even Julia, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I just, I, I just wish that at the end, uh, Quentin would have still say I still love Fillory. Well, he still loves Fillory. He just doesn't like. I mean, he he did that whole. You know, when they had to have someone who truly loved Fillory, which I thought the whole time it was going to be Finn. Aww. I did Can not think it was going to be here? Quentin. Be right back. I'm gonna die. Okay. 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 I'm back. Okay. Well, now we got Cat as a spooky ghost. I mean, I, I really did think it was going to be Finn the whole time because no one loves Fillory more than Finn. Mm-hmm. That's why she was able to give birth to it. Yeah. Um. It didn't actually make any sense to me why. I mean, it did make sense why it was Quentin, but it also didn't because Quentin had had Fillory shattered. He'd had the illusion. I think there is something beautiful in saying, fuck you, I still love you. And I think that's my feeling about the magician post season four, saying, fuck you, you broke everything I love, but I'm still going to love it. Fuck you. You betrayed me. You set me up. I trusted you. And like, and like I fuck Fillory so disappointing. I think that's like a feeling we all had when this happened. But I think the beauty is that the, the flower still blooms. And I want my flower for the magician to bloom too. I understand that some it died and I totally respect that. It's okay. Uh, Sometimes but, flowers die. Yeah. I just I, uh I lost me. the metaphor. <laughs> um also the one thing i wish i wish 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 he would have brought up was is Philorian family ariel and rupert that would have been because we never got anything from that and the thing is uh like for a long time i believe the uh, one of the authors saying like they are able to remember but when it's time to talk about it they're not able to it's like 
But then I think it's you or Lauren that, that last episode that told me, yeah, but Elliot talked about it to Alice. And I'm like, oh, well. I think that would have also been just a beautiful moment for him to finally talk about it. And nobody was there, so, like, and it, it was the part, like, he loved Fillory so much that he accepted to stay and, like, got a family from it. And again, nothing came from that. I, I, like, it's, it's one of the most loved episodes of the fandom. It's one of the, like, highest rated episodes of of magicians yeah and of shows of sci-fi shows yeah yeah it's one of the highest rated episodes and you did nothing yep you used it to hurt elliot and uh when we're gonna go to the topic of barrier gaze oh boy i'm gonna have a lot to say about that oh boy (laughs) um also let's continue in the uh, 412 where uh julia is kidnapped and become the sister who then kills Our Lady on the Ground. Good. Uh, then, then uh, the uh, uh, Jennifer want a name for Starbucks. Uh, one of my favorite line of the monster. Because you see, I like, need oh, a name. He's attached to this world now. Starbucks mostly. Mostly. Uh, the then the twin uh, needs an ancient scroll to go to the realm of the god, whatever. So they go to the library where they go ransack, and Sheila, who's there, warned them, warned them that they're, and they then take um, the axes and go drink some magic from the secret sea, and it end up with a face off between uh, the sister and Julia and Alice. You know what would have been super cool. Mm-hmm. You know how. They could they could like incept Julia. The monster could the, the the sister could have incepted Julia and got into her head, and Julia could have used her goddess powers. Definitely could have used her goddess powers to make a body for the sister. Like that could have been done, and then they they could have fucked off to Castle Blackspire or whatever and played because that's all they really wanted to do well that's what the monster wanted the sister wanted revenge i mean me too me too but i think like the monster ended up loving the world while the sister was not awake long enough to love it and i think if she had been awake long enough and her brother had been able to show her you know i don't think so he seems so see we didn't get enough we didn't and that's part of it. We didn't get enough to show why the sister's dangerous. We didn't get enough to show what would have happened. We didn't see enough of the sister to understand the danger. There was no, it didn't feel like there was really a danger with this because yeah. they didn't show us anything. They just kept telling us things. Like, like, oh my God, she must be worse because she was the one that died. Lots of people die. And again, um, I, I feel like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's worse because the gods killed her. I think yeah. the gods could have killed her to keep Jennifer, like, more tame. 
yeah, like, this is what we can do. Yeah. I just wish we had been able to see more of her and get a Mm -hmm. better understanding. Yeah. Because imagine if they had had the twins on their side. Oh, boy. Oh, you need to move the moon? Um, do you have any stickers? If you have any stickers, we're really into stickers right now. If you give <laughs> us stickers, we'll help you move I'm the moon. Tough. No glitter. We had an accident with glitter. <laughs> because this is what I want to see from there. I want to see them, like, yeah, seeing the world. And that's one of the things that killed me was when the monster was like, I wanted to show you how beautiful it was. That that that's the moment where I'm like I think that that's what's perfectly written and we're gonna go to for thirteen right now where it happened was just before he died the they let the 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 viewer seeing that the monster fell in love with the world and I think if he wasn't in Elia's body they would have let him yeah and again I feel like I think with not like if. Julia and the sister, I think Julia and the sister would have gotten along really well if they had talked. Oh, you hate the gods? Me too. How did they fuck you up? Yeah. I, okay, hold on, wait. I'm thinking about this right now. They would have been an amazing team. Yeah, but also I think uh, the sister would have enabled the dark side that Julia is trying to push away from. Or Julia would have been the light. This is making a noise. Hold on, I'm gonna make this stop making a noise. Okay. Sorry, there's a fan on my heater and it was making like no problem. A really obnoxious noise. <laughs> um so because I'm a I'm a, the admin of uh the Netherlands library on Tumblr and we were known to be like the first with the news about the magician, I was um I kind of subscribed to like uh, press release and stuff of the magician to know stuff. And until maybe a week before the show, this episode was called The Scene. And the week it got released, it got called No Better Safe Than Sorry. And I'm not sure why they changed. I know it's a, it's just a quote from Take On Me that I know. What was it called originally? The scene. I like that so much better. Me too. It's like this. It's like they wanted to us to warn that Quentin's gonna die. I don't know. Is that? Can you hear that cuckoo clock? <laughs> it kind of removed the sadness of Quentin dying, right? The cuckoo clock <laughs> removes sadness. <laughs> Are you done? Okay. <laughs> I so, live in an um, antique shop. So. Yeah. Uh, no, so Penny stabbed the sister and she's still in the bond. Uh, when it comes to get more magic to do the same thing to the monster, Everett took it all already. Uh, Greedy suffer- little bastard. Julia suffers from the stab, stab, and Penny has to decide for her and choose to be selfish, uh, that motherfucker. That's what I wrote. Did you say Julia suffers from the stab, stab? 
Um, there's a lot of things, if you're not, uh, not able to forgive Zelda the way I am, I'm not able to forgive Penny for that. I love Penny. I don't have any follow-up to that. I just, I love, since you can go back in my history, you can look through my fan fiction, yeah. you can look through my, t- since my first Tumblr name was Penny Royal. Royal. I have loved Penny since episode one, since I saw him, well, since I saw him sitting, before I knew his name, I looked at my brother, because we were watching it together, and it was when Quentin went to take an exam, and I pointed to Penny, I went, I want that one to be with the one that greeted Quentin outside, and my brother goes, we don't even know his name, (laughs) I "I don't care, I love him, (laughs) so, like with Marina, I will uh, do like backflips to defend Penny's dumbass actions. I, I get that. I, I like. I'm like that with Finn. I just, for me, I understand that he was selfish. That he lost Julia once. Okay, but he decided to make her miserable for his own happiness, and I don't think you can love someone if you do that. Julia got him back, though. She took away his traveler thing. Yeah, they did that because the fan were mad. Yeah, I was... Remember Margot's reaction to when Penny came out of the bedroom? That was all of us. We were like, what the fuck did you do and why? Yeah. And, and just like, for me, Goddess Julia was... In the book, I loved, loved, loved that she become a half-goddess and this demigod that basically protects Quentin's love from the secret garden, the drum garden, sorry. And instead, they decided to not pursue this amazing thing, which the gods could have made back Julia goddess of a half-goddess and take Our Lady Underground's place. But instead... You mentioned the books, and I've I've mentioned this before, that the only thing I remember is Penny got a super room. Mm-hmm. But I remembered one more thing about Julia that I'm, well, two things that I'm mad we didn't get. One, her and uh, Elliot and Margot playing cards. <laughs> and the giant cat she rode. Yeah. I want Goddess Julia on her cat monster. Because she's like, no, I'm not riding a horse. I'm riding a giant cat because fuck you, I'm Julia. Exactly. I just, yeah, I understand why you want to go defend him. You love him. Well, what bothers me is how Julia had to accept first how she became a goddess, why she was a goddess, where the power came from, and how she acquired the power. That was a lot for her to accept. And she had finally gotten to the point where she was accepting what had happened to her and what... Wanted it. Yeah, she was... She wanted... When she wanted, she had, she had accepted it. And even made it a me, part like, of her. Like, she even said to Quentin, I will do it again. Like, give my power... Uh, the thing is, we never know if the power would have come back yeah maybe the the power just needed like a boost up it's just we, ne- we will never know it was like a phone it just needed to be charged 
Yep. Goddess um, powers are like a cell phone. <laughs> there we go. Um, then Juliana dying is like a Nokia. Juliet is a Nokia. There you go. Julia is a Nokia, Penny is an iPhone, a new version comes out every six months. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, uh, Katie gets her, but is still pissed at Zelda. Uh, Katie suggests the help of the Edge to seal the monster, which is big, because everyone was like, bad the Edge Witch, and she's like, hey, fuck you. We're, we're more than you. And I, I like this idea, because um, I mean, this is a this is something that comes a lot in in revolutionary talk and revolutionary movies or, or, or art of if the majority of people who is in oppressed decide to rise up, you're fucked. I mean, the younger game is literally that. We're we're seeing that right now. When the oppressed rise up, you realize how many people you oppressed. But what I like is, uh, instead of saying like, ah, no, they listened. And that is new for the crew, because they're used to not listen to Katie or the head witches. But this time, she provided an answer, and they were ready to accept it. And I just want to see why. What made them decide to listen? Because Katie believed in herself. Katie Katie wasn't asking for them to listen. Mm Mm-hmm. Katie wasn't saying, hey, this, I, I know, I think, I think this is what I know. Katie was demanding an audience. She was, this is when we really start to see Katie come into her own, into her power. Yeah. She, she's in charge of people's lives now. Like, she's. It's true that she was hesitant the whole season of like, I don't want to take charge of the hedges, but they look at me and now she's like, no, fuck it. We talked about this with Margot at one point where, you know, with little kids, some of them, you, you were talking about uh, being at camp and there are some little kids, yeah. you're like, you need responsibility to be a person, <sighs> to be, yeah. I think Katie needed that responsibility. She needed people to believe in her and she needed to be needed i think this is the first time that people come to her yeah and not the other way around yeah katie needed someone to need her in not a in not a uh, toxic way no in a empowering way in a you make me feel safe way like, there's a difference between, I need you to do things for me, and I need you to be here for me. Yeah. I feel safe. And I think that's part of why this time when she spoke, people listened, was because she's not even, she's not speaking for herself, she's speaking for all of the hedges, and it's empowering her and she is able to be like look listen this is how it is and also i like that the hedges listen back it's easier to take care of other people sometimes than it is to take care of yourself yeah 
um, Margot stabbed the monster and uh, he's chilled by the edges, but she's really scared that she killed Elliot. Happily survived. Okay, now I have a long quote. If you want to interrupt me and talk about it, well, because it's really long. I thought you were going to say, if you want to interrupt me, don't. <laughs> no, it's just, it's long, and I think it, it, it talks a lot of how I feel about all of this. Uh, so if you have, like, input or whatever. I'll raise my hand. <laughs> uh, similarly, Everett's manipulation of the library to serve his own plans to become a god was a season-long arc that ended without a single display of power, and with an unclear understanding of how he could have used the essence of the monster to complete his transformation without endangering himself as well. Is the defeat of the spectacular, but not only a secondary effect of, of Quentin's heroic action my, uh, of the minor mending. This is what I've been saying. We, we get told so many things. Yeah. We don't see it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you my cat is rabid. But if you look at her, you're like, well, that's that's not a rabid cat until she bites you. Yeah. We have to see the danger to understand and feel like there's anything at stake. Nothing felt like it was at stake. Yep. Uh, and what what uh, and what are we to make of the monsters learn, learned appreciation for the quiet wonder of Earth just before his banish of the scene? That's or did fun monster confusion spell that allowed Margot to take an axe up in her best, friend, best friend's stomach? This too quick conclusion left us with momentary dissatisfaction. There's no denying it. Can I say something controversial real quick? Of course. Um, the act of killing the monster in that moment, uh, I would just, this just popped in my head. Just I haven't thought about this before. They're as bad as the gods in this moment. Go on. I'm, I'm thinking about it, but go on. The monster, I mean, aside from possessing Elliot's body, which he needed to have a body, they didn't at any point try to find a different body for him. No, they, uh, they said several times we can find you another one, and he said no. See, I missed that. It was, it feel like it was so glossed over. Oh, it was super glossed over. It's like comments, but I feel like the thing is, if the if it would have been asked before getting stabbed, he might have said yes. I think once he had his sister back, he would have been willing to do literally anything. Yeah, I'll get a different body. Yeah, whatever you want. This is the, this is the only thing I wanted. Yeah, like you helped me. You like I wanted you to help me. You did. Okay, bye. Yeah, that he didn't really want to stick around. Yeah, and I feel like the act of killing the monster. It's the same as what the gods did to his sister. Yeah. I don't think they're any better than the gods in that moment. No. I feel like there's, they have a severe lack of empathy for this creature that they've spent so much time with and they understand him so much better. And he, they understand that he's very much like a Yeah, child. but they refuse to love him because he's in, I think if he was in another body, they would have ended up loving him. Yeah, I, I, it's, it feels almost selfish, like, oh, it's selfish, yeah, but also, I think, 
they, I, I think they should have asked one last time, but also, like, that no, doesn't make good television. Or sat but, down and just talked to him on his own level. Because they never talked to him. They always talked to him like he was a thing. Yeah. I think that's... Well, Quentin tries. Quentin does try. Maybe, maybe if Quentin had tried. Yeah. It just... They don't see him as anything other than... Not Elliot. Yeah. And it really bothers me because these characters are super empathetic. To one another. Look how they treat Todd. He is Todd. Why couldn't the monster be in Todd's body? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. People, people, do a fan art on Mo- of Monster Todd, please. Please, please. I want this so bad. I've never wanted anything more. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, tweet that on the. <laughs> can we get Adam DeMarco in here? Like, how do you feel about being the monster? <laughs> I'm gonna continue that quote. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, take, I just, that just no, it's okay. I told you you can interrupt me. Uh, takes Julia's arc story, for example. For uh, it didn't just seem odd that one moment she had she was lying in bed about to die. With the binder hovering over her, try, uh, trying to get Penny to be, uh, to decide between her become human or a god, and then suddenly she talked to Quentin about the sister plunge to punish the old god. The, her anger at Penny for choosing selfishly, understandably, and predictably to her to keep human while condemning her to a life without magic was obviously meant to be reactionary and temporary. But the whole se- sequence seemed choppy as she reconciled herself to being unable to help in the final mission. Do you think also Penny, and this is, well, I'm going to say selfish Penny, uh, was worried that if Julia became a goddess, she would be, because I think he already thinks Julia is too good for him. Do you think he would have thought if Julia is a goddess, she won't, there's no chance she'll ever love me? Yeah. Because she'll be too powerful and I'm just Penny. And and she saw, he saw that when she was becoming a goddess, she left the mission of the Seven Keys. I, I just think that there's no way in hell that Julia would have left Quentin alone there. No. There's not. There's power or not. She would have been with Quentin and Alice and Penny. Julia does not need magic to be Julia. Exactly. That's one of that's just one characteristic. She does not need external factors to be a hero. She is by Quentin's side, magic or not. So after uh, Quentin, Josh, Hilarious journey to the realm of the gods, and continue the quote. It's almost done. Okay, it's uh, It's once again that was perhaps too easy to find the seam inside the mirror world that was practically right around the corner for when they, uh, from where they were. Can 
Can I just say the mirror world is very visually stunning? It's amazing. And Quentin's death was visually beautiful. It was a piece of art. Like it was. It was a piece of art. It was a. It was film. Uh, it was filmed with a special camera that slow mo. I could tell it was. Like Olivia's face. An expensive shot is the only way I can describe it. An expensive shot. Yeah. Olivia's screaming face. You know what? I, I I've thought about this a lot because there was no reason for Quentin to really die in that moment. Uh, also, I don't understand how the mirror works or why it shattered or why it didn't shatter before when things were thrown at it or. Uh, how the it, the whole thing doesn't make sense. No. There's a scene where something it does like hit the mirror or something and it doesn't shatter. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fix your mirror. But yep. I think I talked about this, and this is completely off topic, sort of. But remember how Penny was in the world with Beast Quentin. Mm-hmm. Imagine if instead of just the, the, in quotations, heroic sacrifice, in quotations, Quentin's shade had been severed by Everett mm. in that moment. And, and then he's like, new. Oh, no. <laughs> well, but honestly, let's be real here. Uh, Quentin died because Jason wanted to leave. Yeah, the, I, I'd like if I can sit here and try to justify it, but it's Jason's fault. <laughs> no, like I'm trying to also, I, like I said, I want us to have an approach here that is more academic than just. But also, I agree. There was no way for like there was way for Quentin not to die. Yeah. Um, about that chat, I have three questions. First. Penny forty tell to Penny twenty three when he tell you to do it, do it. Do you think Penny told that to himself because he wouldn't have done it otherwise? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I think this was Penny giving Penny giving himself a pep talk where he's like, "Look, I know you're not gonna do this, and you're not gonna want to do this. It's gonna hurt, but." It's you're gonna suffer, but you're not gonna be happy about it. Yeah. Um, the second question I have is um, this amazing moment when we see um, we understand that Quentin's gonna die, and we see uh, Julia, Julia, Alice face uh, in pain. There, there's not that music. I, I think personally that moment would have been more powerful in, in silence. silence and then just olivia scream producing the thing that oh my god that would have been beautiful i kind of because want to edit music, that scene like the the music is emotional manipulation 101 that's what you do to make the public feels but the implication of the scene was already so sad and we've heard olivia scream <sighs> I need to phrase that differently. 
<laughs> well, we did that too. Uh, but we've heard her like anguished. So like knowing how Olivia sounds when she's anguished, just having that pierce with the shattering glass. I really want to edit that scene now. I, I that's my um cinematographic take that uh, a 30 year old say well in Montreal while big Hollywood is doing something but I think that would have been more powerful okay um all everything's filmed in Canada now well yeah in fact the magician is filmed in Canada yeah I'm like I need to move to Canada apparently for multiple fun reasons fact, it is because we have the best um the best um, technician it's everything's in, in Canada and Georgia. Georgia is called Yollywood. <laughs> I am not kidding. I wish I was. Um. Then okay. Uh, Quentin's. We finally understand that uh, Pennywise welcoming Quentin. What do we talk about? We're gonna talk later. I remember Arjun doing a live stream, and we're like, "Who's behind the elevator?" And he's like. I can't tell you, and I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about it. Really. Um, go away. And then there's the people uh, that he died, and then he leave forever. Now, here is my hot take. I think the gods knew that the... Well, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Rewind. The, the, the cast had recorded a a moment where the people around the fire were saying, fuck this, we're getting Quentin back. Yes, I remember that. But knowing that Jason was about to leave, we're not going into that because I think there's a lot of hurt and a lot of rumor that I refuse to address because their only rumor will never know. I think, seeing that, I think the gods didn't want... I've seen them doing time loops. I've heard time loops to fix things. And didn't want them to risk to save Quentin but release the, God, the, the, the twins. So told Penny to push Quentin to leave and to go in the afterworld quicker because like uh, we see the, the, the free theater Bay Wolf were bowling for how long? Two years? Hey, the bowling is fun. I, I I really think that they, they brought Penny there because it's a comfort for Quentin. And they told Penny, you need to have him leave by the door so they kind of pick him back up. There was something I kept expecting to happen. And it didn't. And I'm really mad about it. I genuinely kept expecting Quentin to look over and be like, I understand what you're saying but I also understand Penny, and you're not Penny. Well, that's Penny. I, I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think this was an order from the gods. I mean, it had to be. But I feel like... And I, I, I know, again, like, I'm talking, like, story-wise. Not I know Jason had, like, wanted to leave and all that, but... That's me. Quentin should have been like, you're not penny and uh, oh wait it would have been so cool if there had been a like a fight with quentin being dragged 
I don't, by the God. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that 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 uh, that uh, comic of uh, Penny saying, "Okay, Quentin, it's it's time," and he looks at Penny. He says, "Nope," punch him in the face and start running. <laughs> I think I, I mean, I, I think I made a post immediately after where I'm like, "That's not how Quentin would react." Because exactly. So I, I truly think that, I Penny closed the books on what Quentin needed to know, and pushed him away because the God know that this gang will do anything to save each other. We'll go to the underworld. We'll literally like try to transfer like the monster and stuff. We cannot have them risk. Now the monster are in the seam. We're safe. We cannot take that risk. I truly, truly, truly believe that. Oh yeah, I, I believe that. Um, my brain just jumped. I'm like, the Metro and the Underworld, is it on time? Probably not. Because it has the, the the New York Metro Pass and New York's Metro. Okay, my train was supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. Did I miss it? Um, Is it? No. So I, it's a joke. I want to talk about, I have like one, two, three, four things that I want to talk about. Only four. Uh, it's like big things that I want us to talk about. Um, do you want to finish with the good things or start with the good things? Let's finish with the good things. Let's finish on a positive. Okay. Or we can go good thing, bad thing. Well, I have only two good things, so. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about what I called in my um, theme, the fucking Game of Thrones problem. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Okay, so basically, um, Game of Thrones is revolutionary on a lot of things. One of it is... Incest. No character was... No, oh. no character was safe. The first book dash the first season, you follow Ned Stark, who dies at the end of season one. Damn, cat! Just spoil it. I was never gonna watch well, it's been it. Been like eight years, so f up. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I was the, never gonna watch it. But. but the thing is, at the time, on in, in literature and on the TV, this was like, holy shit. Are you okay? I'm just saying I'm so tired of no character is safe. Anyone can die. But the thing, but the thing is, they brought that up. Being with Game of Thrones, and I want to point every writer of Hollywood that's listened to this podcast. Which uh, is several. <laughs> it's, it, it's many. It's several. Many. Um, is this that the beauty of Game of Thrones is the political and web-like intrigue. Ned Stark died for a political reason. It was out of nowhere for us, the, the, the viewer that is used to, it's the hero, he won't die. He's safe. But if you follow the logic of Game of Thrones, the, every character that died had a reason, as shocking as it was, had a reason, and it was woven into the story or even in the political intrigue that if this person said this person and that person, so that person needs to die. And that's the beauty of Game of Thrones that nobody can reproduce. And just killing a character for the sake of shocking the public is bad writing. Yes, it's like going back to, to season one, I don't like sexual assault in, te in television shows because um, 
I, I, I get triggered. But it served a purpose. It was not there for shock value. And I appreciated that. And I was able to appreciate that it was not for shock value. It served a purpose. And she had some PTSD after that. Yes, it showed accurate PTSD. It showed accurate, I haven't moved from the sofa in three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very sweaty. What do you want, Elliot? <laughs> I am filthy. I have not showered. I just, there's our, that's the, the thing with, with the magician is there's so much good writing. And, and what happened was, and I think this is what happened. I'm not positive, but I think what happened was they're like, it's the Moffat, the Moffat effect, the Moffat effect. <laughs> well, Moffat took from Game of Thrones. Fuck Stephen Moffat. Um, I want to make that my political stance here. Fuck. Because, like, I don't know if you ever watched BBC Sherlock. Yeah. The first season was really good. And then... Doctor Who? Doctor Who? How did you ruin Doctor Who? Where did Matt Smith's eyebrows go? What did you do to Matt Smith's eyebrows? I just, um, I just, that's what I'm saying about the, the brilliance of Game of Thrones. And you can, like, no, just like, I don't care. Well, what I'm saying oh, is, sorry, what I was saying there was is, a, oh, go on. Go ahead. <laughs> no, there was a, the, Moffat not, what, killed people, surprised well, people. Well, Moffat thought he was incredibly clever. Like with Sherlock's death. We never found out how Sherlock faked his death. Because Moffat didn't know. Because he wrote a character who was too clever for him. He wrote above his capabilities. He thought that's the thing. he had fans and telling him he was so smart. And I'm, I'm Dr. You know, like... You ruined and, the weeping angels. Yes. The thing, but that, that's... And, I, I, and you're gonna... Like, I've had this theory for a long time, but I think Quentin had been this... A statue from him of the fucking Game of Thrones problem of killing for the sake of killing, and I'm just saying, even as a writer, if anyone who listened to this is a writer, if you want to kill a main character, no problem, but make it on, make it having a reason, even if the reason doesn't link them. Ned Stark died because the Lannister were scared of losing power. See, when I was an edgy teenager, I'm like, you can write. Death doesn't have to mean anything in writing. Sometimes people just die because I was an edgy teenager. And then I grew up and I'm like, that's not how stories work. We don't watch, we don't read stories or watch engaging media to see real life. I, saying that, I have a quote from uh, an article that I really loved call, uh, called uh, um, Game of Thrones. The Magician Broke My Heart. And it says, the press release note in real life, none of uh, the press release note, quotation, in real life, none of us is, is safe. End quotation. I don't care about real life. I was never here for a documentary. I was here for the fun, for the fandom for the friends and the feels. Yet, I came away from this episode feeling that I've something that I've never felt a magician episode before. Empty. It felt like the magician killed their own show, and that's sad for a lot of reasons. And I think part of it, like, like what I was saying with Moffat being... 
thinking he was too he was so clever when he wasn't he was writing something too close i think and i'm not blaming the fans at all i'm just like this is not on the fans but like we as the fans built up the writers like oh you're doing so many things that are so revolutionary that are so that we haven't seen in media that are so amazing you're you're doing you're making such engaging content uh we've got Margot, who's doing all of these these feminist things and then they took that and they tried they tried to be revolutionary they tried to be cutting edge and it kind of ruined Margot's feminism well, it, it ruined it goes back to what we've been saying the whole like season four i think Margot's feminism shows up when she doesn't try Exactly, and when the writers don't try. Yep. And then they started trying, they're like, oh, well, we're so good at writing, and we're so revolutionary, and we're so talented. I saw people, like, I saw people in the, when I was reading reviews, saying, like, oh, my God, uh, Margot feminism, but by saying to Quentin, grow a pair of tits. I don't see that as feminism, I'm sorry. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Pussy, pussy um, up, pussy up, I like. That's fun. I hate it. But I have a thing about genitalia, so. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I just like the word pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have uh, two I have two other teams that you're going to love and you're decided. Bury your gay or suicide? Beg pardon? Bury your gay or suicide? Suicide. Okay. <laughs> Here is my quote. Telling the story of a character having thought of suicide is tricky, simply because it's too easy to trigger such thought on other. Journalists have deb- as a have guideline that we can consult to hopefully temper this problem. But storytelling always faces a tougher challenge because it relies on dis- the distancing effect of carefully chosen term. Quentin doesn't die by suicide. He dies saving his friend in the world because of a split second of time he acts before things goes wrong. He realized that the only way to save the day was also to lead to his death. But the magician doesn't ignore that maybe the reason Quentin was so ready to sacrifice himself was that he harbored dark thought of self-destruction. But here, I think, where the magician for, for season six is at a whole. It's asking uh, what line between I don't care to live I don't care if I live or die, and I actually don't want to live. The former is often the base of heroism. The latter is often mental illness. You know how I know it was suicide? Mm -hmm. Penny was there. People are always killing themselves in front of Penny. I thought it was about to be deep. <laughs> no, nope. no. Stanley shot himself in front of Penny. And you know what? I feel like Penny never dealt with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that, that really fucked up Penny. Hey, my mentor uh, shot, his, shot his brains yeah. out in front of me. That was awful. Um, well, to be fair, like, he understood he wanted to kill himself at this point, too. Like, the Penny monster was, was like, not expecting that to happen to him that no, day. No, but, like... I, I just like the that 
Okay, my problem with the writing of this scene is that the writer wanted us to have a clear answer. I made a meme after this episode. (laughs) It was the uh, Project Runway blood orange one. Always like, blood orange, she's so pretentious, it's fucking red. It was heroic sacrifice. He's so pretentious, Mm -hmm. it's fucking suicide. But, and, and, um, that's the thing. I think Quentin did an heroic act and killed it and, ha- and killed himself at the same time. I think you can do both. You can do something heroic and still kill yourself. And I think we have been talking about it, how Quentin had severe flags of uh, suicide suicidal thought during this, the, 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 the season. So I think it, it was unconsciously, I'm never going to see Quentin when there and say, I'm going to die today. Today think, I'm going to die. But I think he went, he, he had the, uh, the plan that if everything goes to hell, fucking I'm going to die. I, I think I've said this before, but it's, a, it's the thing of, I'm not going to kill myself, but if a truck's coming, I might not move. Exactly. And at this point, we, Elliot was still, uh, we're not sure if Elliot survived the axe. And I think also a difference is Quentin being, like you said, Quentin being suicidal before this really is a, is part of why it won't, it can't come off as heroic sacrifice. Because I'm thinking about um, Avengers Endgame, Tony Stark. Yeah. That was heroic sacrifice. Tony wanted to die. Tony didn't want to die that time. Tony that had time. a wife and a family and he didn't want to die. But he recognized... But I... The greater good. Yes, that I think could be considered heroic sacrifice. Whereas I Quentin's... I think Quentin did an heroic action while killing himself. And it would have been so easy not to die. I still think that season five should have been them trying to, honestly, them trying to save uh, Quentin. And when they arrive to the underworld, Penny say, he's gone, guys. Yeah, that was gone. Yes. Oh, my God. Hold on. Wait, can you, though? Sorry, I'm just thinking about all of them looking at Penny and Penny being like, he's gone. They're like, well, you're still here. Yeah, but he's not dead. He, yeah, but he's he not is, dead. But he's, he's, yeah, but I mean, just that comparison and Penny 40 having to explain death to them. I think that would have been wonderful. And then we move on with the show. But them never trying shows that I under I understand Jason wanted to leave, but it's there is a sloppy writing there that we're gonna have to address when we talk about season five. And oh god, season five! I didn't know what was going on. Ninety percent. I really like season five. There, I really like. There it. are a lot of parts I really liked, and a lot of parts I'm like, wait, what? 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 There are too many. It's, we had this problem in season four. There's too many stories. Yep. Yep. I need because everything. the thing is, they did it so well in season three that they tried to do it again. 
but they didn't have a common quest. All of the in season three, they were all connected. All the stories connected. Well, yeah, it was like a hero's journey yes. together. And then they're like, well, we can write multiple stories, but they have to be connected. Or I, I have listen. I have really bad ADHD. I cannot keep up with what is going on. Yep. Uh, let's move on from suicide. I, this episode will be full of trigger warning. Well, you sound like my therapist. Um, we need to talk about something that uh, made a lot of families, which is Barrier Gay. Um, Barrier Gay is a TV trope. I think you know about it. Barrier Gay is, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a TV trope that basically 80% of the LGBT character in TV and our media dies. To further the plot of a straight person. 80% guys. It's hard because no one in the magicians is straight. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, read to you a quote that I think for me say everything I feel about this, and then we can talk. TV writer owes nothing to the shipper. To be sure. But the magicians decided to grant our deepest wish anyway. Most assumed that it was canon when Quentin most assumed that it was canon when Quentin kissed Elliot in season three. But just to make it extra sure that we knew it wasn't a quest-related fluke, Quentin explicitly asked Elliot for a romantic re- relationship in midway of season four. Fans were ecstatic. GIF exploded all over Tumblr. My group chat blew up. Many essays and articles article declare it groundbreaking the future of shipping forever changed it was a promise not that quilliot will be live happily ever after but that queer ship were not a pipe dream and then quentin dies this is how we say goodbye to that character and to that promise forever I think that says beautifully what I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it, it's like I was saying, we, we all celebrated how groundbreaking the writers were being. And then they tried to do something groundbreaking. And they're like, that's not why. Did, why did you do that? You took everything pretty and set it on fire. That's why a lot of uh, fans got burned, is they basically made it canon that Quilliot was a thing. And then took Quentin away. In the most brutal Game of Thrones-ish way. And then... And And I understand why people left. I truly do, and I will never be mad at them for doing it. And I think it's also fair. I think we also have to mention a big part of why people left is not just what they showed on screen, but Sarah and John's reactions afterwards. They really left the actors to clean it up. I remember uh, Arjun and Jade, uh, or two specifically, I remember who were online. I don't know if they slept. 
I don't want to bat on on John and Sarah, but I agree that they're they have been like a few weeks before Sarah had wrote this amazing tweet about praising the fan. How about this fandom was special? And then this happened, and she disowned us. She said that we were bad, that we never understood. And I don't want look. It happened and happened. What like I. I'm but so I personally felt- offended because for the week building up to this, I was, because people were already online before this episode aired, they were already online attacking Sarah and John for something. I don't know what happened. For Alice and Quinn. For Alice and Quinn. And I was online the week leading up to this. I was already going through a lot and I was defending them. I'm like, look, they haven't let us down before. I believe in Sarah and John and I was being attacked and actively defending them. And I feel so betrayed that they would come back with the fandoms. Well, this is rolling all over again. I'm honestly, I am treating Sarah and John like Plover or like J.K. Rowling. They will not take filler in the magician for me. This is my safe place. And I, I blame John is worse than Sarah in my opinion. A professional opinion. I feel like the things that he has said, especially about uh, <laughs> whimsical. Oh yeah. That the our favorite word in the fam in the fandom whimsy. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna cut that part, but I think that they were flippant assholes to the fan. Yes, I did. They didn't flip it, and they just completely what you're it, feeling it like, doesn't matter. It, it felt like, um, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, and that's why I want to cut it. It felt like the my boyfriend who told that's, me. That's oh my god. First of all, that's awful, but it was just like an abusive boyfriend who's like, it's your fault for being hurt. And, and it's like him being nice and, and kind and giving you the world and suddenly... It's, it was... It's your fault for being hurt. If you weren't... If you weren't... Uh, what am I trying to say? If you were a better person... You wouldn't be her. That's sensitive. You understand that we're doing. That's it. You're too sensitive. It did feel. It did feel like they were like, um, "You're being really mean to our art right now. You're not allowed to have an opinion on it." You feel that way. Um, this is our art, and this is how you're supposed to feel about it, and how you're currently feeling is not good for our vibe. I don't understand because they were not like that uh, no. until, and like I don't believe. I think they tried to said like, "Look, we have to own the fact that we killed Quentin, and we had no choice." But instead of saying, "Guys, we had no choice," and trying to make the best out of it, and, they... and we can cut this or leave this or whatever you want to do with it, but um. There is one thing I do respect in all of this. Not one time in one interview at any point did they ever throw Jason under the bus. And not one time did Jason speak up. After, it was radio silence from him. He didn't say jack shit online. It was all Arjun and um, 
Jade and Brittany and Casey and. But the thing is, especially Arden, I think felt bad because he said like, oh. "Don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys," because they didn't know they learned three days before. Yeah, and he was a good kid. I don't think the man slept because he was always online, and but he was. I, I'm proud of the fan them never being mad at the at the rest of the cast for it. <laughs> um, yeah, we were the the protect. There was like, if you say anything bad. I know there was at one point where people were like, if you say anything bad about Arjun, I will come to your house and I will um, tell you I'm very disappointed in you and your actions. Because he, <laughs> honestly, and Arjun and Jade are two people who throughout the series have been like, I love this show. I love this show. I love this show. I love all of you. Everyone is great. I'm doing a live stream. They just, uh, yeah, are I fans. Just, yeah. I, I'm just disappointed that um, this trope appear in a place I that it shouldn't have. Never. I, I did not expect it here. And I think we can move on. I understand people that left. I, I want people to understand that I'm not not seeing it by continuing to love it. I call that my product fave. I understand that there's a flaw. And I mean, this podcast and this episode is going to run long, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I want us to make sure that people understand that we are critical of something we love. We know. We are, we're aware. Like, I love this show. This show means so much to me. I've met my best friend through this show. And for some reason, she's like, you're smart enough to be on a podcast. And I said, ha ha, I have tricked you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm about to cry. Um, but I, I just think that it's okay if you got hurt. It's okay if you left. You're probably not listening to this. Or you're if listening you stayed, to this to get angry. If you uh, stayed, thank you for keeping the fandom alive. Um, for me, if Fillory was Quentin's happy place, it is for me too. I'm a hedge bitch till the day I die. And Quentin knew how problematic Fillory and broken Fillory was and made the flower bloom. So I want my flower to bloom, understanding its flaws. It's okay to love something that is flawed. Except, like, serial killers. Stop doing that. The only thing I don't want people to, uh, to think is that I don't see their pain or I'm dismissing it. I'm not. I see you. But at the same time, if you're... What bothered me were the people who were, like, attacking you and attacking Danny and attacking... That's part of why I left... I, like left Tumblr was because I couldn't say anything but the beauty in that I think was when I got attacked people attacked back for me I got protected and that's where I decided to stay because 
there's all I don't want to call them bad apples because they're not there's always people that will make your fandom experience lesser and hurt people hurt people and I get that and we like I, there's a person on Tumblr we really disagree on point of view we have very 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 different but we both acknowledge like hey I love your art I'm gonna follow you for your art can you please tag your opinions because I don't agree with them but I want to encourage you. And at, at one point I went to her and I was like, I need to unfollow you for a while, but know that I love your art. And we blocked each other for like six months. And it was okay that I, I had this, I don't agree with you, you don't agree with me. Let's just block each other. And that's good. It's good to, even when you disagree wholeheartedly on something, you can respect each other. And that's something, again, you can go through my Tumblr history of, this is something I've preached from the beginning. If you disagree with me, talk to me about it. In fact, you were the first person that ever defended me. Yeah. Was I? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to to me about it. I want to know why you feel this way. And I want to express why I feel this way. If Then we can share points of view and we can understand where other people are coming from. But if you come at me with hate and aggression, I'm not going to understand your point because all you're doing is tearing me down. Especially when people assume mean things, assume um, arm from you. I once posted something about Happy Women's Day and I didn't include a trans woman in the I remember the that. Thing, the thing is, it's true. And the year after, I put one of the Transformers, a woman. You didn't include the but, fairy queen, but it was the main characters. It was the main women. It was not leaving and on also, purpose. And also, it was not me disregarding. There's just too much women. There's so many women. Also, I think, I think my response to that was... Yeah, cat, super transphobic. Definitely not married to a trans person. <laughs> well, you can be transphobic, and it I just, mean there are transphobic was... trans. I don't know now, but um, uh, Jenner. Oh God. Oh good. She Lord. was like that at the beginning, but to be fair, and that's something that Seth made me forgive her about. He said wacky thing when he he started to transition as well. The thing is. She said it with an audience. Yes. And I, I, I've noticed something. It, it, I've noticed something a lot with, um, it happened a lot with YouTubers, especially that I've watched. A lot of people, when they're, they, they first start to transition, are like, oh, and this is a really offensive term I'm going to use. Um, I'm technically a trans person, so I can use it. No, I can't. But they'll, they'll say uh, trans trender. Where it's like <laughs> the cuckoo, <laughs> cuckoo clock. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's disgusting. Where it's it's something about ex- like when you're first starting to, and I, I mean, I know I've done it with accepting myself. When you first start to accept yourself, you disregard people who aren't 
Well, it's like uh, for a long, like you. a long way, I hated that people were like, Ugh, cis people. Because I had a lot of targeted hate towards them. And I was like, I understand, but I'm... And now it's more like the way it's talk, it's not all of cis people. It's just so many. It's like when when I say men. White white people. Fucking white people. I'm white and I hate white people. I'm not. And I no, hate like, white people. Just... <laughs> so anyway, I don't know why we went on this track. But, also, real, um... real quick though, it's like that um, you know, cis gay men cis white gay men who do like yeah, who are like, I can't be racist, I'm gay. Those aren't the you don't know what things are, do you? Uh, the the most homophobic are the in the in the community. The tr- most transphobic are the gay men. Cis white gay men. Yep. Oh, but we had it hard. Not anymore, hon. Uh, Jane County ran so you could walk. Um. So I let's love end County. up with. Let's end up with the good things. I'm gonna read one thing and then we're gonna talk about the song. Uh, first, but here was season four excel in his building an emotional arc about the character slowly comforting some of their comfort, slowly confronting some of their own inner demons in an attempt to grow toward maturity. The element in most explicit in the in season in the season's tenth episode, the literal journey through wilderness. Uh, for Margot, but at some point, at some point in the the season, every single member of the show uh, find themselves confronting to a real manifestation of their worst fear about themselves. For Quentin, those fear are uh, are two in numbers: that he never matter, i.e., he was never the protagonist of the story after all, and that he simply. Uh, that, that is simply making time before he dies by suicide. Season four externalized both of these fear, which are both why I keep calling it potentially irresponsible, and this is why I find it so thrilling. And what I like about this is first that the idea I never noticed that they were confronting with their worst, their fear, everyone, but it's so true. And second, I agree, however clumsy it was, that they talk about did I kill myself. It was not maybe the most well written, but they didn't live that discussion in the meta. I was just thinking about when Quentin's in the underworld and he asks Penny, you know, did I kill myself and all of that. When Jane Chatwin found out she died and she's like, did I do something heroic? And it's just... The thing is, she didn't die heroically. And Quentin said yes. Which, I'm trying to relate this back to like Quentin, they're calling it a heroic sacrifice, but Quentin never asked if he was heroic. He asked, did I kill myself? He knew he was heroic. He knew what he did was heroic. Did he? I think he did. I think he did. And I think seeing Elliot walk and sing his face said okay that's very good God imagine not 
imagine not knowing that you're not going to see your cast member again on set. And apparently left quickly. So um, in the end, let's talk about Take On Me. Uh, I want I, I put that in a good thing because honestly, it was never mentioned that they were going to be. And it's it was so unexpected that this is what made me cry, to be fair. It was when they started to cry. It, it didn't make me. I remember watching it and we get to the campfire scene. I'm like, what? Wait. <laughs> oh, can we? What? What? No. Um, uh, I just got able to re-listen to the song again. Took me two years. I'm so glad I didn't really like that song. Also, this year, Last of Us 2 game, video game came out. Fucking Ellie, who's the main character, plays this exact slow version of Take On Me. Did they do it to on- To her girlfriend, who might die. I swear, like, uh, Seth was playing and he came to me and he said, trigger warning, take on me. And there is a trigger warning for take on me now. Trigger warning, take on me. Me as a, but the thing is that me as a DJ. Like a, trigger warning, I'm going to take on me. The thing is, it was not the poppy version. It was the slow, sad version. And I was like, what are the fucking odds? Like everyone, everyone in the magician fandom that was playing Last of Us, all tweeted at like a- around the same time when the game came on. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful song. I never listened to the the lyrics because as a French speaker, I grew up not understanding English songs. So I rarely listened to the the lyrics until I sat down and. and Listen. That's and weird I, because I, the way I learn language is listening to music. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, English, we're non dated with it, with English songs. So, um, but the thing is, yeah, and so I, I sat down and then read, and it's a beautiful song, and honestly, describes amazingly what happened. I gotta look at the lyrics here. Okay, let's go. The take on. When are we going to have a musical episode? Never because of that. Okay. Uh, we're talking away. I don't know what I'm to say. I'll say it anyway. Today's another day to find you. Shying away. I'll be coming for your love. Okay. So needless to say, I'm odd and, and I'll stumbling away, slowly learning that life is okay. Say after me, it's no better besides than sorry. All the things that you say, is it uh, live or just play my worries away? You're all the things that I, I got to remember. You're shying away. I'll be coming for you anyway. Take on me. I'll be gone in a day. Take on me in a day or two. 
uh, take on me, the AHA's native language is Norwegian, and take on me translates to uh, touch me in Norwegian. Uh, and take me on means uh, put me on. Hmm. So there's a, a dual meaning of like, give me a chance. Oh, I, I, you're on Genius? Yes. Considering the Norwegian uh, lyrics as subtext rather than pretext and considering the coy and non-committal nature of the verse, there is quite a battle within our protagonist and narrative. At one, he wanted to, fully, to love fully and genuinely, genuinely, and he feels a lot for this person, but he is going away and he sends a mutual reticence. The two challenge each other as well as being skeptical in love with each other. You know, when they told us we were getting two musicals, I was, excited. <laughs> I was very excited. And then we got two musicals. I'm like, you know, I'm disappointed. And uh, the last question I had about this JD is the one who initiated the song. One, why? She does that after Alice say, I don't know what to say. Second, why this song? As for the, the why she initiated, I think back to one of my, definitely my favorite musical episode, but probably one of my, my favorite episodes, uh, the Unity Key. Mm -hmm. What brought them together? Uh, and it's Quentin that did it. Quentin initiated the Unity the first time, and Katie was there with him. Katie saw... Katie saw the spell he'd oh wait sorry I'm, the spell. I'm just thinking in season one Quentin saw Katie do battle magic in the first episode oh, and then he recreated it at Penny he saw Katie do the spell and then he did what he saw her do and then Katie saw Quentin do the musical spell and then she did oh my goodness I'm about to cry maybe it's the alcohol <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I think honestly, as much as there was a need for no song when Alice saw Quentin die, this was perfect for the moment. For me, there, I understand a lot of it because there's a lot of times I don't have the words. But there's a song that sums wow. sums it up perfectly. I think specifically of um, the musician Hi, I'm Case. Uh, they do a lot of songs where I'm like, well, I didn't know that particular emotion I felt could be put to uh, a beat. And I didn't know I, I wanted it. And I don't really, but I love it. Why am I listening to this song constantly? listen to nothing else oh shit this song's about homestuck <laughs> um but yeah i just um season four we're gonna do the recap next next uh episode for us it's gonna be next year because we're <laughs> recording the 30th of december oh yeah um is it the 30th or the 29th 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 
Um, but as complicated as it was, there were parts that I loved. And I feel like doing this recap and talking about it, it reminds me what I fell in love with and what I love and that it's not okay that things happened, but I can accept them. Yeah, I kind of go, went through my grieving process with you, and it's kind of cathartic. Yeah. And I, I, hope, <laughs> I hope it happened to other people, because I really feel good. It might be the alcohol. <laughs> it usually is. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't think there's anything. So let's let's end the episode with uh, just the song that I'm by the people. The people. Go away, guys. Go away. They're, they're next to me. Go away. Sing. Sing, sing, dance, monkey, dance. Okay, I'm gonna stop the recording. <laughs> so needless to say, I'm odds and ends. But that's in the end, stumbling away. Slowly learning that life is okay. Say after me, it's no better to be safe than sorry. Take on me